0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Welcome back for episode 19 of the Believe in Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. Brian Hart, back with you on whatever day of the week you're listening to this. If you're a Wade lover, you're going to be disappointed because he's out today. But if you like interviews or if you like, for some reason, me, then you're in luck because we've got both of those things going on today. I'm joined by our friend from the North, Benjamin Chase. He works over at Prospects Live. This guy really knows his prospects, writer, editor, video scout, does a bit of everything. We're talking with him about Prospects. Fall League, Team USA, talking Padres, we're talking some off-season strategies, so without any further ado, let's get into the interview with Benjamin Chase. We're back with friend of the show, Benjamin Chase from Prospects Live and VideoBaseballScout.com. Any other titles I'm missing there, Ben?
0: Those are the two right now, so...
1: Okay, you move around a lot, so it's hard to keep track with you.
0: It, it is. I, I've, I've mostly been at my own site, which is the Video Baseball Scout, for a little while. But uh, just recently joined on with the Prospects Lives, uh, Prospects Live crew that in uh, August this last year, or of this year, and uh, so uh, looking forward to the off season with them. It's kind of fun to put together prospect lists when there's more than just my voice involved.
1: So, yeah. Is it almost, is, is the off season for baseball kind of like prospect heaven for you? Cause I'd love the off season as a prospect guy.
0: You know, it, it is. And it isn't at the same time because, um, you know, I, I actually do pay attention to things like, you know, the winter league stuff down in Venezuela and Dominican and all that. And, Like the Premier Twelve that's going on and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm when I can watch it. Obviously, the games right now are a little bit difficult to watch live. Um, uh, The ones that are currently going on because those are in you know Korea and and uh, and Taiwan and so those are at five six in the morning local time for me here. I'm sure it's a little you know what is it even earlier for you guys. So it's not so much fun to try and catch those, but uh, at the same time, that's just watching the stats, seeing how those go all winter long is something I like to keep track of. So you have that on top of, okay, well, now we need to, you know, I want to get a list out of the top prospects in the game, which for me, that means going through, through a lot of old uh, MILB TV games and watching those. And usually, if I'm going to write a list and comment on a guy, I want to catch at least at least three of his games on MILB TV. Um to have a good idea on him or else have some really good opinions from people that I trust.
1: Watching all the fall league that you've seen so far at least and one mm-hmm. the season's over now and, and watching some of the team USA between those two different things going on, those are the two big events so far of the off season, um yeah. so far at least, who who do you think has stood out to you the most that's kind of opened your eyes, maybe someone that didn't do a ton during the year, but uh, you've gotten to see a little bit more closely this year in a small sample size.
0: Uh, well, I guess not so much you know what two guys that are really high-profile guys, but really showed out well and have continued to look good, um, Joe Adele looks like he's ready. I mean, and frankly, the angels just declined Cole Calhoun's option. Would not be surprising to me at all if they give him give you know, may, they might sign somebody cheap this off season, but it would not surprise me at all if the Angels go out and give Joey Adele every chance to win an outfield job next year.
1: Did you throw a Joey in there? Is that a I haven't heard that before.
0: Well, that okay, that that goes back to <laughs> high school. Sorry. That was that's that's like way I think that might even be back to like his junior year of high school, like people were calling him Jojo or Joey and so yeah he's he, yeah he's gone straight to the just Joe
1: I like Joe I like Joe better
0: Yeah yeah I yeah that's I, I agree but <laughs> um but he's he is unbelievably talented and he had a really good first half of the Arizona Fall League and then he got kind of nicked up and didn't look as good at the plate But defensively, he was great the entire time. Um, So that's one. The other one, who's uh, another high-profile guy, and actually a California boy by nature, is Royce Lewis. Um, Had a rough year in AA in general, but the Twins actually did not have a shortstop slot to send somebody to the Arizona Fall League, but he wanted to go. And... So he was willing to do whatever position the team needed him to do. And so he really went as a utility player, and he played third, he played second, he played center, um, and I think it was the final game of the year that he finally got to play one game at short. Uh, but he ended up winning the MVP of the Arizona Fall League. and had a, I mean, he looked good defensively anywhere he played. And that's just, you don't... A top prospect like that, you almost always expect to see some struggle with an adjustment in a position. And he just looked very, very natural, especially third base, especially center field. Those two positions looked really natural for him. Um, so he's one who, really, who to me, I'm going to have a tough time when it comes to, I think, my 1-2, um, uh, Wander Franco and... And, uh, Joe Adele, number one and number two, not a problem figuring that those two out, um, as I get toward the back of number, you know, like number five on that list, it, trying to keep Royce Lewis out of my top five is going to be tough.
1: How much did you have to do with the, the pre fall league prospects rankings? Were you involved in it at all?
0: Um, not until none of the rankings we've, you know, we were, I, I, didn't i guess i started up in august, so they had their mid season one out already um
1: the fall the arizona fall league they had a mid a mid season
0: oh, no yeah, the, the fall league. no the fall league one that's almost entirely the guys who were out there the okay for for prospects live we have um jason panini um trying to think i think it was two our two jasons are both out there. Jason P and Jason K and then, uh, Matt Thompson are both. It was also out there. So I think those three were the, our, our three that were kind of the boots on the ground with the Arizona fall league. And so they, since they were there, they put the list together. Um, but uh, a lot of that was the two Jason's they were at, they were there for the entire time of it. So
1: I noticed there's still some Mickey Moniak love for some reason. I mean, we like him here because he's a local kid, La Costa Canyon, um, never really understood why he went number one overall, one, one, but you guys yeah. have him at 24 or the Jasons have him at 24, I guess, right in the, yeah. the neighborhood of like Ronaldo Hernandez, catch up for the rays. Um, and uh, who else is he between Kyle Isbell, the Royals. Do you, do you think Mickey Moniak is kind of back on the prospect radar after falling off the cliff earlier in his career?
0: Yeah. to I guess to the degree of. is If you want to put it, this way, like a Ronaldo Hernandez is the type of guy who, if you look at his profile is going to max out, He's going to max out as a guy who can do the job as a catcher and is a really good offensive player. Um, but those guys have really, really low ceilings, you know, as in if he can't catch his offensive skills are probably not enough for first base. And then what? Mm-hmm. And, a guy like Kyle Isbell, he's kind of one of those, he, he's average across the board, but nothing really sticks out anywhere. And so one of those is kind of tough to, you know, is this a fourth outfielder? Is this a guy who might pop through with, uh, you know, for instance, like a Melky Cabrera a couple of seasons where he suddenly hits 300 plus and can put together a double digit home runs and steals and kind of contribute across the board, but never is really great at anything. Um, That's kind of where Moniak is just in that he still plays a really good defense. And on the bases, he's still a very good runner. He can still do those two things very well. There's a profile for that type of a player. That is not what he was as number one overall, obviously. That is Does that not sound like
1: Jankowski a little bit to you, or maybe with a little bit um, less
0: speed? Less speed, and I think there's more patience and contact there. Okay. I mean, he's a he's a guy who could hit. I mean, he's um. Oh, I'm I'm I had an I had the guy's name in my brain for just like two seconds. <laughs> um, was a little speedy guy that played for the Twins for a little bit back when they had the Piranha. Group Tyner, Jason Tyner, Mm. um, way back in the day. And he could slap the ball around. Now, he's got a little more power than what Tyner had. I think, you know, if Moniak really got, frankly, if Moniak was playing with last year's uh, baseball, uh, he very possibly could hit 10, 15 home runs. But I think he's probably more of a hit the ball to the gaps and let his base running get him 10 triples instead of 10 home runs um, type of a guy, but he's, I could see, you know, if he was uh, able to keep himself on the field as a starter and not have, I mean, the big thing for him has been same headed pitching has canceled him out rough. Um, and then he's just, he really hasn't impacted the ball and you just, you, that's where I always struggled with the number one, because if you're going to give me a guy, and call him number one overall as a center fielder based on defense and speed, that guy better be a guy who can also hit, like, 340. You know, yeah. he's he's got to be just a stud with contact. You know, he's got to be your Kenny Lofton. You know, you can't have a guy who's who's going to end up being, you know, Juan Pierre, you know, who's just that next tier down even. That's not a number one guy. It just isn't. And, you know, he could come up, he could have a good career as a guy who can who can be a fourth fifth outfielder because he can play good defense and he can run but he's not going to be that number one guy and i think that's kind of where you're starting to see him fall into prospect lists a little more he's not going to show up on anyone's really their top hundred so much but if you see some of these guys who have like a top 200 or a top 250 he might show up starting about the 150 range in there, because you start looking at guys who have a pretty clear major league future. That he he has a path to it, at least. You know, there's he's he's shown skills and he's shown them at high enough levels to think, you know, he could do this long term. So
1: top 150 is still, you know, people always just make the cutoff top 100 kind of arbitrarily. Top 150 is still yeah. a pretty good prospect.
0: You know, and that's um, you know, uh, baseball prospectus started their lists this last week and uh, their lead prospect guy put out a kind of a why we are changing some of the things we do with our lists sort of preemptive article. And
1: mm-hmm. he
0: went back and he talked about how uh, Baseball America initially started and started doing lists, and he said they just randomly chose 100. They, there was really no good reason why 100, but they chose 100, and from that point forward, that has been the expectation in the industry. That's a nice <laughs> number.
1: Nice and round. You know,
0: yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I, I get it. I understand. I. What's funny is I go out and I write up a, a prospect thing for my personal site. I do 50 prospects in a in a system. And I'll grant, I don't have in-depth, huge knowledge on 50 guys, but I have enough knowledge to put them in an order that makes sense. So that's how I do it. But you get guys, a lot of folks who say, well, geez, if you get past, you know, 20 prospects you don't really there's no way you can know that many well it's because for industry standard for so long it's been 20 or 30 prospects Mm -hmm. so everyone expects that after 20 or 30 you just you really don't know them that well after that because there's no way you could right mostly just lazy
1: readers i think people don't want to scroll through names they've never heard of before once you get down to 50 it's like who really cares these guys are all the same to me well
0: and that's, and that's just it. You know, I've, I've thrown a Braves 100 together. Well, <laughs> once you get, once you get past 40, you're talking about a lot of guys who debuted in the Dominican summer league and they're a hit and miss guy, or you're talking about a guy who, you know, boy, if he's really lucky, he's going to have a three-year run as a backup catcher. You know, that's sweet. There's not a lot of guys, you know, <laughs> that, yeah. that make it past that. Anyway, I, I love
1: this it's list season. I love list season. Uh, speaking of San Diego guys, I've got a bone to pick with you and your so called team over there at Prospects Live, who had Marco <laughs> Luciano ranked the best prospect in the Azale this year over CJ Abrams. Defend yourself.
0: Well, I will tell you that um, when I look at my overall uh, list, uh, Luciano right now is number 10 on my personal overall top top uh, prospect list That is high. He and he is getting that from some sources already. Okay. Um, he is I think it's one of those where he is going to be a guy if this is kind, I think this will kind of be his if you remember two off seasons ago for Wander Franco where he was where there were a few folks that were throwing him into the top 15 and 20 of a list and then there were a lot of folks that still had him back in the like the 70s because they weren't quite sure what he was yet but he just had his first stateside year so it was good but what do you know you know what that's a that's a 16 year old 17 year old doing it so is he going to truly be that good I I mean Marco Luciano's that type of a prospect. Um he's he's absolutely legit. He's a he's a stud. Now, that said, I am going to end up being a guy who eats a lot of crow on CJ Abrams. Um and I wasn't even there to do that. You know, that that wasn't my ranking. That was a uh that was Jason's ranking. Uh, Jason Pini sat on the Arizona rookie league all year long. And he
1: throw your guy under the bus immediately.
0: Uh, but I, I don't, I don't mind throwing myself under the, well, I'll throw Jason under the bus on that one. (laughs) He, Hey, he, he's, he puts together a heck of a list and he sat on a lot of those guys and watched them for a long time. So I don't think he'd have any problem defending his list, but, uh, I am very fine saying that I missed on Abrams big time. Um, because I certainly did not at all see him coming out the way he came out. Um, I really had him, I kind of thought in the draft this year, there was kind of a big three. And then after that, it was really muddled. And I thought that the big three was, you know, you want to get Adley, you want to get Vaughn and you want to get Witt. And then after that, boy, I sure sure don't really want a top 10 pick because you got to pay him a lot more money than I think any of them's worth. Well, he really showed that he might be that type of a guy, you know, right. If Riley you were drafting Cain,
1: again, sorry, if you were drafting again, where would you put Abrams?
0: Um, he and Riley green would probably be the two. I think he is in the right spot at, at, uh, at the fourth on that list. I still would have those three as the top three, really no question. But I think Abrams and Green. I'd probably take Abrams over Riley Green. But Riley Green is going to be one of those guys who. I just have a feeling down the road you're going to be looking at a guy who hits for average and for power, and they're going to figure out where to play him, and he's going to be a guy who hits 300 with 30 home runs, and that's a real. I mean, he's he's just got a special bat, um. So I I don't. I don't know where beyond that, but I, you know, granted, I think that's, if I'm not mistaken, those were the first five in the draft as it was. Yeah. So it's not saying a whole lot to say, well, I take the first five again. But, you know, in the end, it's turned out to be right. I don't know that I would have picked them that way if I were the one doing the drafting on draft day. Um, so major league teams know more than I do, uh, you know, go figure. Um, but
1: so it looks like that, that top of the draft is going to turn out to be pretty good. Um,
0: yeah, I, I, you know, in this year's draft, there was a lot of kind of, there were a lot of folks saying, Hey, this one, it it flattens out in a hurry. It stays at a good level for a long time, but it flattens out in a hurry. And it, and it did, there's a, this is a draft where if you had a pick, Basically, for about three rounds, you were in good shape. You know, there was really good talent for three rounds. And then it dropped off after that. But, you know, there was there were guys in, getting picked in the third round that would be a legit first-rounder in a lot of years. Um, you know, so that's... It's just, there was... That whole, there wasn't a guy... You know, yeah, you had Adley. Yeah, you had... You know, you had Adley Vaughn and Wet, and those guys are top-of-the-draft guys every single year. But without a position, Riley Green is, as a high school hitter is kind of one of those that you'd really prefer to get in the middle of the first round than, you know, top five. And Abrams, at that point, what he had shown in high school so far just wasn't quite what you would think is a top five worthy. Certainly it was the athlete, but you just like, man, he just hasn't faced quite the competition yet. He hasn't shown quite the power yet. Maybe he's more of, frankly, I thought going into the draft, he was going, I really had him compared heavily to a guy that Padres already have in the system in Xavier Edwards. I thought they were very similar profile. They're not at all. I mean, Xavier is very much a, a slap and go sort of a hitter down the road. There's power there. There's some power there, but he's not going to be a guy who's going to ever hit 30. Um, I don't think CJ will ever hit 30 either. But um, he's going to. I think I could see CJ Abrams down the road profiling more of like a Jimmy Rollins, and you know having a a 20 to 25 sort of uh, yearly outcome. With a with a whole bunch of stolen bases as well,
1: so. well Jimmy Rollins. That's a really exciting. I, I mean, I'm not a super, I'm not super into comps. I'm not a comp guy necessarily because I think it's mostly for, you know, clickbait or what oh, have yeah. you. But okay. Jimmy Rollins. When you start comparing like tools and stuff, if he turns out to be anything close to Jimmy Rollins, then I think we're gonna be really happy with him in San Diego.
0: Yeah, raw tools wise, that's a very to me. It's a very good comparison. Now, I will say if I do a I always and, and I know it's for um, it's for clickbait, just like you said. But <laughs> I whenever I do a whenever I do a scouting report, I always throw in a major league comp. And
1: Fans kill. love seeing comps. That's why oh, yeah. that's why they exist. Yeah,
0: I mean, more than anything, it you can describe a fastball all you want. You can tr- describe pitches all you want. You can describe a swing all you want. But when you're trying to talk about the whole of a player, even if you throw out all the scouting grades you want, even folks that understand those scouting grades, you give them, you know, this guy reminds me of blank. And they go, okay, now I can see that. Now, okay, I get where you're coming from with that. And that's, it just seems, you know, it adds that extra little bit in but I probably spend way too much time going through and trying to figure out my comp to make sure it's somewhat decent. Um, but at the same time, I, I you know I would never ask anyone to hold me to a comp direct-to-direct. Direct.
1: Um, oh, I'm going to hold you to it. I'm going to call yeah. <laughs> you back up in a couple of years when he's not Jimmy Rollins and let you know about it.
0: Well, to be honest, the contact he has, if he ends up Jimmy Rollins, that could almost be disappointing because, boy, I think he could... I really think he could go the Jimmy Rollins route and be a 25 home run and steal 30 bases. Or Don't do could, that to me
1: right now, Ben. That's not fair. <laughs> You're going to get me but, too excited.
0: But, but he'll hit 260. Okay. Or he'll hit 300. And you know, I honestly, I think his ceiling is either one of two NLE shortstops that were kind of the same time. He'll either be the type of guy that's like a Jose Reyes as a ceiling or a Jimmy Rollins as a ceiling, depending on what way he tries to tool his his swing. Um, Reyes was more of the hit for a high average and get a lot of triples, and not as many home runs, whereas Rollins was more of your home runs guy, but a lesser batting average. So it just kind of depends on what, what Abrams kind of tailors the swing for, because I do think he's got the frame that he could... He could push for more power if he wanted to.
1: Well, I would take either one of those guys. Those are two oh, yeah. superstars. So, like,
0: like I said, that's that's obviously ceiling, and yeah. and you know, with with uh, Mr. Reyes, that's obviously uh, considering we're, we're not considering any off the field crud. So, uh, but you know, the, the just the player and what he did on the field. But uh, so, yeah, that's, that's some tremendous players or that he can be compared to simply because he is that kind of an athlete. And, you know, when you come out and you hit 400 and your first, you know, stop, that's a good way to start out your, your professional career.
1: So. Staying with the Padres for a little bit. Yeah. We're, we're all obsessed with lists. We were talking about, we've been talking about lists pretty much the whole show. And you guys over at Prospects Live are gonna be coming out with a top thirty Padres list yep. fairly soon, right? Do you think you can give us a little teaser, maybe just a taste? Maybe some guys outside the top ten that you really like who can maybe jump up this year?
0: You know, there's one and I I when he I was giving him cred when he came out with this, when he gave us his list, um uh because one of my favorite guys this year in the system, and let me see here, one hundred eighty four five six seventy nine Well, I'll see, and then he goes, he puts him right on ten. So he said can outside ten. Uh, no, can
1: but, I guess? Can I guess real quick? Yeah. Is it Owen Miller?
0: Uh, no, actually, he has Miller inside the top ten. Wow. Okay. Uh, but uh, right, right at ten is uh, Gabriel Arias. Okay. Wow. And that is. To me, that is the guy who impressed me the most in my viewings this year. Um, As far as making strides, um, he has really, really improved his overall ability to recognize pitches at the plate. Now, it's not shown up a ton in his his, uh, walk rate, and his strikeout rate is only moderately better. But I will tell you, he is swinging at better pitches now, and that is a huge stride. And defensively, I I will give you a quick hint, or a quick uh, little preview that uh, our our guy that covers the Padres. He he mentions that Arias is very possibly the the best defender in the Padres system. That's saying something. I mean, his arm, I would, I've had a scout tell me is an 80 infield arm. Woo! Love hearing that. Now, granted, that's, if, if you, depending on, I mean, that same scout then backed that up quickly and said, now that's a 70 arm overall, but an 80 infield arm. Okay. Um, so that's, that's, that's huge. I mean, that's a huge arm and he's got the hands and reactions that if he went over to third, um, you know, yeah, granted, you know, San Diego kind of has a guy at third for just a little while right now. And
1: I've heard of him. Yeah.
0: They're, they're paying him a little bit of money, but, um, you know, I honestly think there's a very similar defensive profile if he would move to third as the guy that they currently have there. Um, and now I don't believe he's got the range that Manny does. That is one thing that has always blown me away with the way Manny Machado can play third base. And that's just, you know, there's reasons why some guys are superhuman. There's a reason why other guys aren't. Um, but he's he is one guy that I was really impressed with this year. Um, there are a few, as we go down, I was um,
1: going to ask: Is who's in the like the twenty to thirty range that you really like?
0: There, I'll say one of the guys to get a little bit excited about here, and then one that isn't on his list, but I liked for the same purpose. AJ Preller, if he does nothing else well, is a master of the July second market, and he finds guys that are that have the body to fill in and become just absolute studs down the road and one of the guys that he got this year that really fits that well um make sure i get reginald preciato yeah there we go preciato there we go and the frame there um you know I've, i've seen enough video on him to go oh boy that's a that's a good looking good looking swing but boy the the overall package there. He's what 63 or 64 and he just has he's not ridiculously huge in the in the chest or anything like that right now, but he has the type of shoulders and hips that make you think he could put on some good weight and really add and already when he hits the ball, he's got a a bit of a different sound than a lot of other guys and he hits it strong everywhere and that's just impressive um so he's one that i really like um and yeah he's a shortstop right now i kind of think that one might end up he might end up more to maybe an outfield spot but he's really good defensively um so i'm not sure You know, once again, there's a guy who, if you move him to third, I think he'd be really good. But, of course, you're talking a 16-year-old. Give him two, three years, and let's see where he's at. Uh, But that's one to look at. The one that's not on the list was another J2 guy this year, and that's uh, lefty uh, Luis Gutierrez. And uh, if you go through, you know, that, that hated guy that, that knocked down poor Abrams, uh, Jason Panini, if you go onto his uh, onto his Twitter feed, he has got a profile or a side-by-side of Adrian Marillon and uh, and Gutierrez, both pitching. And if he wouldn't tell you who is, which one is which, just the way that they throw they're, you know, as they're throwing, just the, the, how confident they are in what they're doing, you wouldn't know any difference. And yeah, it's a, it's a 90 mile an hour fastball right now, but he has got the frame that he's, he's going to fill in that frame. And I, I think there's, that's going to be a, you know, 92 to 94 mile an hour fastball when all is said and done, but he has got a curve that's a just a really nice looking pitch and then a change that I think could probably be a it's kind of a cut cutter slash change up and I think that's he's going to end up with that looking more like a a plus pitch down the road too and so you got a you know a lefty with potentially two plus off speed pitches and then a ninety-four or 94 mile an hour fastball, that's a that's a solid pitcher. Um, he's he's one that I really like. Um but once again you're talking about I don't know if, if the Padres will end up number one overall for a lot of places, you know, and that's not a knock on the Padres. I think the Padres and the Rays are really kind of in their own world right now as far as farm systems. And for a guy like Gutierrez to end up off the list is not saying anything bad about him because sure. that is that is a really deep system, you know, for the Padres and that's, you know, when you're talking one of the two best farm systems in the game after graduating a rookie of the year finalist and multiple other pieces this year, you know, that's pretty darn impressive.
1: Uh, Yeah. I was, I was just going to say that It's, it's really impressive when you can have all the graduations that they had and still have such a deep system. And now we're talking about guys in like the 30 range or just outside the top 30 who, you know, in a lot of other systems might be top 15. It's really fun hearing about these low level guys in the pottery system because they can still be really good prospects down the road.
0: Yep. And, you know, and one thing that I think is interesting this year, the Padres got some some performance out of guys who were initially drafted thinking that they were going to give them more quick return. Uh, probably guys like Buddy Reed um, has really not shown a lot. And this year he at least had a, a solid enough year to where you might have, you can at least dream on it. Um, and if you can't dream on it as a major league level for the Padres, he's done enough to where he could at least be a secondary piece in a trade. Um, and another guy, and in fact, the guy who I was, speaking of uh, Arizona Fall League, a guy that really impressed me there was Reggie Lawson. And he's kind of in the back, he's on the, in that last 10 on this list as well. Um, and I think he's, he to me looks like kinda of your prototypical number four, number three starter. And while that's not sexy, you need it. I mean you need a guy who's gonna go out there, he's gonna throw solid innings and he's just was he's been hurt since he got drafted and hasn't had a chance to really show who he is. And that's I think he's he's gonna be a guy that he, if he's still in the Padres system next year could move really quick and move up quite a bit. Um, because he's a he's a California high school boy, wasn't he?
1: Uh, I'd have to check real quick.
0: I think I, think, I know he was uh, he was an early rounder. Um, Is he
1: Preller's like first pick? I think he went like second round.
0: Yeah, he was like second or yeah, because I think he was. Let me go back. I yeah, he's yeah, from second.
1: Victorville, California. Um, he second was, round, yeah, seventy first overall.
0: Because I I remember him being a guy that I was hoping, or a guy that the uh, he was in play for the. That was the year the Braves had uh, Ian Anderson and Joey Wentz and Kyle Moeller all in the same draft. Yeah, in that in the first like forty four picks, and I remember that Reggie was one of the guys that they were considering considering um, until they found out that Mueller would actually sign uh, because he was a stud two-way player that they thought was going to go to college. But once they found out they could get him to sign, he was their pick. But um, no, he, yeah, Lawson, what do you have, six games all, all year, but 21 and turned 21, yeah, he turned 22 in August. But yeah, he was 21, and his numbers have never really been great at any level. Boy, look at what he did in the Arizona Fall League, and I've always liked his stuff, you know. And you know, eleven innings in the Arizona Fall League, fourteen strikeouts, two walks, um, and just allowed one run, and that was a solo home run. So I mean, that's just—he just looked really good out there. And he like said, "Nothing's fancy, nothing's gonna blow you away," but you're talking about a guy who's going to be 22 and be in Double A with a really good he's got a solid three pitch mix he sprinkles in um he has a a fourth a a second breaking pitch that he throws that it looked good in Arizona um whether it'll look good in once he comes back again next year the same way um of course if the Padres choose to put him up to AAA, who knows what the heck kind of baseball we'll have next year in AAA and in the major leagues? Because we obviously saw that there was a very different baseball in the playoffs, than there was all season long for both major league baseball and uh, AAA. Yeah,
1: LLB, just pick a ball, guys. Yeah, like, <laughs> we we know the balls were different. I don't care what you guys say, D- yeah. denial, all, deny all you want, but like just. Be consistent. It was so weird that the balls switched in the postseason.
0: Well, and even if, you know, it is a different bat, you know, you say it's a, you can say that, you know, well, this one was made for this batch and over time it does things that. Oh, get out of here. Yeah. Whatever. But, Kate, you have, you know, and, and you have teams that have crafted their organization at the trade deadline and throughout the year with, the call-ups and different things that they've done for the way the ball is playing this year. And those teams were knocked out pretty quick. I mean, the Dodgers, that's a team that was perfectly made for this year's baseball. And they were gone. You know, oh. They were knocked out. We're and, not crying
1: about that over here, though.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I can tell you, you want to talk about two of the biggest things that folks are folks brought out of the post season, Ronald Acuna's staring at a ball he thought was out ended up being a single. And okay. then George, George Springer, the same thing. Yeah. Both of those balls in the regular season, those are out and not even like first row out. Those are mm-hmm. gone by a ways. I can respect why both of those guys thought I got all of that. Because all season long, they got all of that. And then we get on their case because they didn't bust out of the box on a ball that all season long has been a home run.
1: Yeah, they know you what know, it feels like. They know they got all yeah. of it. It's going to be a home run. It's a home run 99 out of 100 times.
0: Well, and um, Not a wall scraper.
1: Two, yeah, they they knew yeah, what they were doing.
0: Between those two guys, they hit, what, 70 home runs this year.
1: Yeah, they know, know what a home run feels like.
0: They know what it felt like, you know, and so when it, when it lifts, left their bat they both and both of them hit postseason home runs too you know it's not like it was suddenly a new thing for him in the postseason to hit a home run either they both were driving the ball well in the postseason so it was just i don't know it was surprising to me that that that's going to happen and then there were there were guys that played triple a ball this year who said the arizona fall league ball was different and if you look at what J.J. Uh, Cooper at Baseball America has been putting out, uh, there have been some reports that the International League guys were reporting the same thing about the AAA baseball in the last month of the year that the ball changed as far as the seams. The pitchers were complaining that the seams were different.
1: Not surprised at all.
0: And, you know, and AAA this last year is, of course, using the Major League ball. Yeah. So if you're looking at over the last month of the year in AAA, they're starting to see a different ball. You know, it's just, you, you can't do that to guys. But so, yeah, how do you project Reggie Lawson? Well, if he's if he's going to a AAA with the ball that they had last year, he doesn't allow a ton of home runs. So he's probably not going to be terribly hurt. But then again, you know, a guy from the Arizona – system, Taylor Widener, uh, very good, solid pitcher, actually very similar profile, ended up with an eight ERA this year. And if you look at everything, the only thing that's really different than a, a couple of years previous on statistical basis is his home runs per fly ball allowed is something like 25% because every time he allowed a fly ball, it carried out of the park because of that ball you know whereas before he was a pretty much a ground ball pitcher and he allowed ground balls and fly balls at the same rate you know that's that hurts and and you guys out in that the pcl have some ballparks that really like to let balls loose in, during the course of the season um so that's, yeah, that's
1: a bad mix the, the, the elevation yeah. of those parks and then throw the oh. ball in there too. it's a disaster
0: <laughs> it, it led to some really fun looking numbers i mean a guy like one of my favorite guys to follow from the twin system. Once he got traded to San Francisco, Jalen Davis really went off and had himself quite a heck, quite an end of the year. Um, I think the
1: Chihuahuas were down ten runs in the ninth inning and came back and won a game.
0: Yes, I actually, I actually watched that game live. <laughs> I was, I had just, I finished. That was the only game left, and I was writing up. I do a daily thing on my personal site with all the scores and the top performers of the day. And so had every other game done. That was the only one left, and it was in the ninth inning. So I'm like, all right, I'll just pop that one on. Bomb to the ninth inning, and it's like 13 to 3. I'm like, this should be done quick. And they just kept scoring. <laughs> and now, you got a kept... special
1: game to watch, a little late-night MILB.com action. Hey, I'm oh, yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and so I started like posting on Twitter. I'm like, um, is anyone else watching this? <laughs> and like pretty soon some other guys start to watch and like, Hey, this is pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, all right, Ben, we'll, we'll let you get out of here. It's a little late. Um, I know back in South Dakota, imagine you're looking a little bit like Jack Torrance from the end of the shining right now. <laughs> um, but yeah. really oh. thanks so much for coming on. We love having you follow him at big, gentle Ben on Twitter Anything you're publishing this week that we need to keep an eye out for?
0: Uh, Not, not so much this week. We're working on um, coming out. It'll be next week. I've got the Twins' thirty. I've got their their list is my next one that I'm writing up. um, But I'm kind of contributing to some of the other ones as we talk about them. But um, on my own personal website, I did actually do a prospect team of the decade. Nice. So the best prospect. From each position, so that was actually kind of fun to go research and see who kind of got the most lists and all that sort of stuff. That was really kind of fun to look at, and so I was, my thought was I might take the time to kind of look at the major leaguers of the decade too and put out a post on that. So, but I just that's more one when I when I have the time, and it's kind of in a sidebar there that if I have the time, I could play around with that one a little bit. So,
1: when's the prospects live Padres list going to come out?
0: Uh, It's supposed to come out tomorrow, so Thursday the 7th.
1: All right. Good to know. We'll keep an eye out for that and all the other stuff that you're writing. Um, Thanks again, Ben. We'll check in with you soon. Sounds good. Thanks as always to Ben Chase from Prospects Live. Go follow him, them. They do great stuff over there. And if you like off-season prospect lists, they do a ton of them. So check them out. And don't forget our own Padres Top 30 coming out very soon, I promise. Before we get out of here, you know what time it is. It's time for me to lose the lock of the week. Target locked. I am colder than shit right now. So someone, please, God, put me out of my misery. Why do I keep gambling? It's a disease. We had an awful week betting. Everyone on the show, mostly me, we had a... a, I think a lot of people had roughly weeks last week. It was a sheep slaughter. So I feel a little less bad, but if you want to fade me, I I can't blame you. I am taking the Vikings on the road at Dallas, getting three points. I think they're the better team. Dallas has yet to impress me with any of their wins. I think the best team they've beaten this year has been Philly. whoop de doo Uh, The Cowboys are the most overhyped team in football. And they're giving the Vikings three points. Which is crazy to me. I'm taking the Vikings all day. But what the hell do I know? I think I'm over my last four unlocks of the week. Don't worry about it. Take the Vikings. I'm going to go walk into the ocean. Next week, we're going to preview the winter meetings. Talk some Rule 5 draft eligible guys. There's a ton. And looking forward to next year's Rule 5, which is going to be even more of our top prospects. That's, what, that's the year at all those... 2016 guys that we took in the international draft or the international free agency are going to be eligible so yikes and my top 30 list so stay tuned for all that stuff next week in the meantime thank you for listening please follow the show's twitter accounts at fire farm hands if you enjoy the show subscribe we're on all your favorite platforms itunes stitcher google play TuneIn, spotify and iheart you can also find us at believe.com and at believe podcasts on Twitter. Please follow, please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to Believe in Padres Prospects on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I'm Ryan. See you guys next week.
0: Toward your destination I know there's been a lot of crap going around the last 24 hours about this London thing. And I just want to give you a quote from me, okay? It's total okay? We're not going to London. We're not going anywhere. We're playing in Los Angeles. This is our home, and this is where we're planning to be for a long time, period. Okay? And if you want me to say it again, I'll say it again. that story. Okay? Thank you.